This is the Teaching Primary Music Podcast, where you will learn effective, tried and true methods to teach children the gospel of Jesus Christ through music. I am Courtney Ekman. And I am Charlotte Dance. This is part three of a four-part series on different learning styles. Today, we're talking about purposeful movement to a steady beat. Sharla, tell me what you mean by purposeful movement. So, I'm thinking that it is a place for the child to learn to connect with the song with his body. So he is moving to the beat of the song and using different manipulatives and sensing where the beat is, where the rhythm is. The rhythm is the words of the song, but the steady beat that's underlying it, which is super important for any child, is the part where he needs to kind of move on the outside before he can take the steady beat on the inside. There are children that cannot keep a steady beat. And when they put it on the outside of it and they see people around them and they feel it around them, it becomes more and more of something they can do. And they connect with the song. So movement to a steady beat is important, not just for learning the music, it's important for their development. So let's talk about the why of purposeful movement. Okay, so uh, DeJoy Coulter is a, a neurologist that has studied music in children and the development of the brain. And one of the things that she talks about is impulse control and the inner voice that speaks to somebody and says, no, you better not cook your, kick your neighbor, not cook him, kick your neighbor. <laughs> you better not kick your neighbor. You better, um, you know, do this, do that. Obeying that inner voice is huge in a child's life. And she talks about how steady beat and doing a steady beat to music, purposeful steady beat, is one of the few ways they know how to develop that impulse control because it tells the body what to do. I was reading your book and I have a quote from Phyllis Weichart, a leading authority on rhythmic movement, and she said, One of the most important early foundations for later motor skill development is the infant's awareness and any child's awareness of the steady beat. This awareness or basic timing is the foundation on which the child builds future motor coordination. An inability to feel steady beat often creates problem for the child in many future learning situations. Like we're talking a lot of things, things you don't expect. If you don't have an inner beat, you have a hard time cutting with scissors. If you don't have a a steady beat, you have a hard time bouncing a basketball. If you don't have steady beat inside your body, you have a hard time um, even with fluid reading because it takes a sort of rhythm and a beat to get through something and read through it. It's amazing how much steady beat is an organizer for the children's brain. Yeah, and in fact, another quote that you have in your book, I think this is you quoting yourself, but you underline (laughs) it. Until the moving body can come under control of the mind, the brain has little energy for thinking in words. So that relates directly back to learning the song. Until they can control and have the structure of where this is in their body and what the rhythm of the song is, it is very hard for them to to think about think about the words at all or what any meaning of this is right right um chaotic movement is exactly opposite from what we're talking about 
movement to a steady beat is the beat is coming from the song and the body is the, the impulse control is telling the body to obey that beat and move to the beat but the children don't see it like that they love moving to the steady beat in primary it's a great great release for them in fact um when I uh, go into different primaries and I do different kinds of steady beat things, it's amazing that children's eyes come alive. And one of the things that we need to talk about, though, is when you use manipulatives, when you move, use steady beat in the primary setting, part of what you need to do is make sure it's not chaotic, that it doesn't come out of control. Um, I often will do freeze. And, every, and then I'll say it again. And if it doesn't work the third time, I'll say it again. And oftentimes I've said, wow, it only took you five times to freeze this time. Let's do better next time, but great job. And, and they're all kind of chuckling like, oh, it took us five times. But then they freeze and then I tell them quickly what's next, where to go, what to do, and then we go. And it coordinates what's going on because I'm not, I don't want chaotic movement. I want purposeful movement to the steady beat. Yeah, this is where the classroom management techniques really come into play for doing this well. Um, what part of that is making sure that your manipulatives are passed out ahead of time. If it's yeah. an older class, you can have one under each seat. But for younger children, before primary music time begins, you hand out the manipulatives for each class to the teacher and you have to specifically yeah. say do not hand these out until I tell you so <laughs> because it doesn't you because don't want it's, chaos it's chaotic and disruptive even this very last Sunday I did paper cups okay and I thought I was being clear I passed them out to the teachers and I'm up there and I've got two cups and I say okay where's your imaginary cups and the kids are all engaged with me and then the teachers started to pass them out in the back because they hadn't heard and the amount of chaos, the kids were no longer with me. Right. It's so important. And so as you start and you say, okay, when I'm ready, it's time to pass these out. But not now. But not now. It's still important to keep the children with you. You don't just take Engaged. a break until everyone has what you have. Yes. Yes. One of the things that I actually really appreciate is that when I hand over the responsibility to the teachers and they know it, then they are in charge of getting the manipulatives out. And I, before even all the kids have the manipulatives, I go on and I show the steady beat. I pull the children back to me and they're like, wait, we don't have mine. So they, they get it quickly from the teachers and then go on. Another thing is you really want to have reasons for the children to hear the song and hear the steady beat and watch you moving to it. So I always use, you don't have this yet yeah, you don't have your egg shaker you don't have your pool noodle you don't have your rhythm stick pretend you have them and do this pattern with me and that way they get a chance to hear without something in their hand because that is another part of the brain that will get distracted but it also adds so much interest when you finally do hand them out and they're, I get to do it. I just love the look on children's eyes when they're moving to the music, when they're conquering this new manipulative, when they have the variety. I mean, there's, I use 14 different types of manipulatives. And so I can use one every single week for 14 weeks. And then I start over again and they don't remember. <laughs> I think it goes back to the way the Savior would teach, right? 
It's show me first, then have me practice it. That's what that's the pattern that we learn in the temple. That's the pattern that we learn from the scriptures. We're not expected to just go sing, right. just go do. Right. Let's show them first. And so that's really important pattern for our primaries. We can't just go in and say, okay, sing and do this and this and this and this. It's layer yeah. upon layer. Yeah. And it's really important that we structure that that way for them. Right. So that is one of the great classes management. Pretend you have your rhythm sticks. Pretend you have your egg shaker and follow me. You know, just go with me, watch it, hear it. And then when you get the real thing in your hand, we'll do it again which is a great way to have a child hear the song more than once, and they desperately need to hear it more than once. So as an example, I have a pair of pool noodles here, and I have cut them into six inch lengths and then cut them down the middle so that I can switch them together like this. So if I were gonna do Come Follow Me, which is one of the songs for January, Come follow me, and I'd put it down on my lap. The Savior said. The reason I don't keep swishing, swishing, swishing is it gives the child a way to regroup. Oh, I missed that swish, but well, we're on my lap. Oh, swish again. Land let us in his footsteps tread. It gives them a way to adjust. So I don't keep up a steady beat constantly, constantly. I always put a pause or a freeze or something that's down on my lap or somewhere else for the child so that they can adjust and catch up. That one works really, really well. Kids love it. If I were gonna do something that's a more lively song, like I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ, if they were older kids, I would probably do, I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ. You can't see me, but I am patting on my legs like, ta, 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 ta. the latter day, pat, 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 pat. I know who I am, I pat, 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 pat. If you don't have rhythm sticks, you can use unsharpened pencils. It's not as strong a sound. Pat, 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 pat. They love trying to follow you. Again, I show them how to do this. I'm holding them manipulative, but they are not. They're pretending to do it as I sing the song. And then um, I probably will add some kind of challenge to that. I often, one of the challenges I add is, who thinks they know the pattern? Who can come up and help me? And with adults, I get one or two people. With children, it's 10 of them come up, and they all think they know it, and they don't. So I have to stand in front of them. <laughs> but it's wonderful because they're feeling like, I can do this. I can lead my, you know, my peers. Another example is egg shakers. You know, shake, 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 hold, hold. Shake, 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 hold, hold. Because they need a way to re-center themselves. They need a way to adjust to the um, steady beat because when we say let's practice the steady beat, that's really what it is. Some children don't have steady beat and they will be off every time. I have one child in my primary right now. Her parents are learning that she has some uh, learning. They, they call them disabilities, but I think it's just that she doesn't notice things. So she will keep going with the shaker when everybody else has stopped. And literally, she has no idea that she's still going. And so practicing her stopping to the steady beat and pausing it in her hand is one of the best things that could help for her brain. Her brain is a little chaotic in that particular area. She's super smart, and she needs to learn how to start and stop. 
for herself for the rest of her life. Fantastic that an egg shaker can show her how to do that. And she's feeling deeply with the song. Um, if we don't have any kind of manipulative, you can patch on your lap. That's what hitting your hands to your lap is called patch. You can clap. You can touch your shoulder on, cross your shoulder. You can cross your other shoulder. You can stamp on your foot and do a pattern like that. Here's a word of warning. Younger children, three, four, five, need something in the same place for about eight beats. Don't change it around. The only reason that the pool noodles work with younger children, swish, 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 hold, like that, is because you're holding and you're giving them a chance. They literally are super, super challenged by that kind of thing. But if you keep the steady beat in the same place, on this leg, now on this shoulder, now up in the air for eight beats, they do much better. Older children, they will you will lose them, boom, like that. You have got to get them moving in a pattern that's challenging even to you. Like again, if you see me and I'm driving and my head is bouncing, I am probably thinking what I'm going to be doing with my older kids that will challenge me. Do you have anything that you go to when you use purposeful movement to a steady beat? You mean besides Googling Sharla dance? <laughs> <laughs> I just try and make it as challenging as possible. I don't know other than, I don't know other how to explain how I do that. It is, it has taken a lot of practice and a lot of Googling Charlotte dance oh. for me to feel comfortable coming up with my own patterns. This is a challenge. This isn't, we have, we're lucky to have so many resources. There are, it's more than just Charlotte. There are many awesome, so many mm -hmm. awesome primary music leaders that are putting out content for us to help us that are a little bit less creative, but want to do, want yes. to challenge one thing that I will say that I have learned from Sharla for, especially with older children, for keeping their engagement is she will switch up the pattern entirely when it comes to the chorus or when there's a change in the music, it gets them right back on track. And I can tell when the children are not engaged because I am not engaged. If it is not hard for me, I have lost me and them. And I probably lost them a long time ago, mm -hmm. that back row. That's excellent, excellent um, noticing because one of the reasons that we're doing this is to keep them engaged and actively working with the song. Um, I know that I've said this before in a podcast, but the beat is the solid foundation that all of the song rests on. If you try to teach the words before you've got the beat and the melody in their hearts, it's really hard for this young child who doesn't have all the layers that we have as adults to lay a foundation for the song words. They need to interact with the beat and they love interacting with the beat. Oh, and as they're doing it, they're hearing the song three, four, five, six times. And that familiarity is so important. I have watched lovely, wonderful music leaders get up and start teaching a song by going over the words and just speaking the words to the children. I think that's pretty common. And I've watched those same, sh as, a, as an observer, it's easier to see the kids sort of lose their fidgeting and moving around and their eyes are looking at the ceiling. And even the ones that really have been taught well to be quiet and obey, they're not with you. But, mm -hmm. if, you, and, but if you go and you say, okay, Here's the beat. Here's the pattern. Follow my hands. And you're not even asking them to listen to the words of the song. No. They're 
and you're just singing as they follow you and keep that steady beat mm-hmm. and with whatever they have that they're keeping the beat with, the song is magically, the words are going into the back door of their brain and they're way more comfortable singing them eventually that way. One of the things that's wonderful is you can have new children that are visiting from out of town. You can have visitors that have never been to a church before. They can be totally engaged with keeping the steady beat as they hear the song because they're not being asked only to do words. They are engaging with the the steady beat, which is a common thing throughout the world. And it shows in their eyes. They love being there. I have a little boy who said, what are we doing next week? And I said, well, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this. And he goes, oh yeah, I know it'll be fun. And he walked away. And it was like, oh, yeah, because you can be involved, because you can have something in your hands, because you can do your steady beat. You don't have to know the words. You are part of the group. You are actively engaged. part of us. Right? I even had a grandmother come up and say, my grandchild was coming. They were very nervous but you made it fun and engaging. Thank you so much. And it was entirely because of these principles. I wasn't asking, I wasn't putting anyone on the spot or saying, let's sing this soft and cold, which is like, it's a fun way to review a song for children. They like it, but but if it's a visitor and they have never heard that song before, that can be very alienating. Right, right. So when we say purposeful movement to a steady beat, it's somehow keeping a steady beat on some part of your body either with your hands, with your stomping your foot, either with some kind of manipulative, like a rhythm stick, or an egg shaker, or uh, jingle bells. If you use jingle bells, just a hint, you always have to have a stopping place because the sound is ding, ding, and if it keeps going like that, it becomes a cacophony for children. So you have to like jingle bell twice or three times and then hold, 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 hold. And the quiet becomes the contrast that helps the jingling be better. That's just a hint for that one. Another one that we use is spoons. Um, You can click them together. You can use them like, I'll walk with you. The spoons are walking. You can't see that, but it's wonderful. You can use a little tiny flag that you've made out of rolled up paper and it swishes and you're doing different patterns with the swish. For some reason, children really like those flags. It's pretty amazing because they are a rolled up piece of paper, but they think they are. They are fun. And they're also very cheap on Amazon. I actually did the math and to buy, the ones I bought were like $7.95 for a dozen on Amazon. Or maybe it was two dozen. They were very cheap. Cheaper than if I had gone to Staples. I live in an expensive area and bought the supplies to make them. So just a heads up. You don't have to be crafty. But if you want to be crafty, you can. You don't. If you have the supplies, you don't have to spend money. If you want to order things, there's no right or wrong way to do that. So when we talk about purposeful movement to a steady beat, I could talk about each of the manipulatives that I use but I think it would be overwhelming. Just recognize there is a great, great reason with children to do it. Inclusion, everybody's engaged. The body learns the steady beat and is involved with the music. The side effects are impulse control. The side effects are being able to keep a steady beat within them. The side effects are chaotic brains start to become more organized because of the steady beat. And in the primary itself, You'll see the children's eyes light up as they move, as they're with the whole group. And you don't do it more than five minutes, maybe seven. 
and then you move on to a different activity, just like we've talked about, I think, I think you can do this. If you'd like some ideas, there are so many ideas for egg shakers and rhythm sticks and pool noodles and paper plates and jingle bells and scarves and body rhythm patterns on the web. And I, I think you can do this. Thank you for listening and a special thank you to Dana Carden for composing our music.